Thank Josh for, uh, oh, there we go, giving me this opportunity to speak to you this morning. Uh, let me just, let me start in a uh, short prayer and open us up this morning. Let's bow our heads. Lord, Heavenly Father, I pray that uh, I put myself aside and may your words and message be spoken to me this morning and not my words, but your message, that they resonate with those that are here. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Um, to begin, I want you to think back for a moment. Think back when, when you were a child. What did you have to do to get something from your father? What did you have to do? Beg? Cried? Okay. Work? Ask? There you go. Let's stick with ask for a moment, okay? What did you have to do to find something? Maybe a little, another word for look. Seek. There you go, Zane. And what did you have to do to get somebody's attention? That's a tough one, huh? Not call out. Not call out. Let's go with ask, seek, and call out. Those are three simple but very powerful words and actions in the Bible. The basis of this message this morning is all about transformation. It's about letting God in. Okay, maybe I can take this up. Where we are now and where we are to proceed. Okay. Joss taught last week about pursuing God transformation of our hearts. What this meant was remaining resolute in the Lord, prayerful pursuit in the Lord and his will. Those three simple words, those actions that we just listed, ask, seek, and call out, is what I'd like to talk to you about this morning and how they play a role in your life, but possibly a bigger impact to the church. <clears throat> Proverbs 15.22 tells us, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Joss has taken that scripture to practice and execution. And with this church, we've established a foundation. We've established accountability. We have established a budget. We've established disclosure. Have started to delegate to those with a passion in the church and has even reached out to other churches for invites, coordination, and events. We could not have begun to expect to move forward or reap the blessings of God until our house, or really rather God's house, was in order. And, at this, and that is precisely what's been taking place and continues to take place in, in, in building the foundation here at True Life. <clears throat> There's also what I refer to another piece of the puzzle. Another piece of the puzzle that can take us and the church to the next level of 2016. It has to do with the promises of God and those three words we spoke of, ask, seek, and call. It has to do with being in alignment with God as well as being totally dependent on God 
and being spiritually filled in everything that we do. I call it sort of a setting ourselves up for divine intervention. It involves some seeking and it involves some asking. Why? Because we need to set our hearts up to glorify God. We are here for one primary reason, and that is to glorify God. We just need to die of ourselves at times. That gets in the way, and more so, so the Holy Spirit can work in our lives so that God can be glorified. Proverbs 16, 19 tells us, In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. Remember the obstacles put in our path with our renovation plan one and all the things? I mean, we had hurdle after hurdle after hurdle. We were going all out with our plan, and God had another plan. And that plan opened up really twice the seating that you see here today with far less cost with a revelation given to Josh to do something different. Thank God, right? What happened is that we in our heart, we planned our course, but God determined our next step, and I think a good one. So I'd like to give you a testimony this morning, an experience and a seed planting <clears throat> that changed my life and one that I think can bless this church in ways unimaginable. It's about one step, one action, and a very, very powerful one that is tied to the three words that we spoke about, ask, seek, and call. It's called surrender. So this morning, you have a miracle sitting within you this morning here in the congregation. He's right over here, Perry Ball. And this man gave me the okay to give this testimony this morning. You see, a few years ago, Perry was in a very bad motorcycle accident. He was laid up in the hospital, very bad. And our small group at the time, including them, they were in the small group, and I'm very proud to have Michael Sullivan here, who was part of our small group and still is at this time, who was with us at that time. We met night after night at the hospital met in the waiting room, formed a circle. We prayed. We prayed for his health. We prayed for the doctors, the nurses, medicine, tools, and so forth. Night after night, we would meet up there, and things weren't getting any better. And it was, I don't know, maybe four or five nights later, we were all up there, and the doctor came out. And it's a look you don't ever want to see it's a voice you never want to hear. He came out and looked at us and said, this man has a very small chance of making it this time. His vital signs are down, very low. Things are shutting down. I didn't know what to do at the time. I, w I went out in the hallway and just lifted up to God, why? And all I could think about was Debbie, the daughters, their daughters, what's next? But there were two people in our group, Carla, my wife, and Debbie, Perry's wife, where the Holy Spirit really took hold of at that moment. They were allowed to go back to see him by his bedside. And at that time, they went to him, and 
they simply did something that was very, very difficult for us to do in the flesh. They simply surrendered. They surrendered right there for his healing. They surrendered themselves. They surrendered to God. And it was done outwardly. One simple word. Well, within 12 to 24 hours, his vital signs start to come back. Within 24 to 40 hours, they were improving even more. And I don't know, a couple days or three days after that, he was all scheduled to leave the hospital to go to rehab at Sea, at sea Pines, and he's here with you today. It's a miracle. Glory to God. Praise God. You know something? That last day we were there at the hospital, the doctor came out before he was discharged. He came to us again, the same doctor. He looked at us and he says, I didn't do anything. I couldn't have done anything. You could see the stare on his face, but we had an idea what had happened. Praise God. In the end, we had to ultimately totally surrender and depend on him. So why am I telling you this for today's message? Because we as human beings, our human nature, we like to boast. We like to say we work this out and we work that out. But more importantly, we want control, don't we? We like control. It's natural. Our pride keeps us from asking a lot of times, seeking and calling out. For the goals and wishes and the blessings we look forward to in 2016 and beyond, it's time to humble ourselves and admit we can't do this ourselves, nor should we be attempting to. We outwardly confess and seek God's guidance for help. That's what he's asking us to do. Kind of goes back to surrendering. Why? So he can be glorified. That's the ultimate choice. So we cannot take the credit. If we take the credit, God's not glorified. Psalms 50, 50, 15 reads, And call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me. I'm not saying we're in trouble or anything, but here's what I'm saying. is that our, It's our tendency to seek God, I mean really seek God, when we're holding our last straw. That's right where God wants you because you finally give up and surrender to him. For 2016, let's seek now. Let's confess now. Let's depend on now. And let's surrender now for God's guidance and his will for his church in 2016. And let's let him be glorified. I have three scriptures that have to do with the promises of God and those three simple but powerful words. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. Hebrews 11.6, he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Jeremiah 33.3, Call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. 
Notice that we are called to, in these verses, to ask, to earnestly seek, and to call to. Not to go it alone, not to take control, which our natural tendency is to try to do on a task, a goal, or our plans for 2016, but to ask and seek. If you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn to Mark 10, chapter Chapter 10, that is, verse 46 through 52. Mark 10, verse 46. This is the blind man Bartimaeus was receiving his sight. Then they came to Jericho, as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So he called to the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Notice here where Jesus asked him to verbalize the desire. That's the real key here, to verbalize his desire. Jesus knew well in advance what he needed, what he desired. He didn't have to ask him, but he made him verbalize it. And he does this in several, several scriptures in the Bible. Remember, we have not at many times in our lives because we ask not. Matthew 7, 7 reads, and this calls out the three powerful actions in one verse that we, talked, that we saw this morning. Ask, and you, it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Think about this. Success has nothing to do with how gifted we are, how resourced we are, or the church is in God's eyes, it has everything to do with glorifying God. When ourselves get in the way, then he, God, can't be glorified. The busyness of that of which we want to accomplish in 2016 can lead us astray if we're not careful. Steve Farr, who's the author of Point Man, wrote the book, and uh, how, man, how a Man Can Lead His Family, stated, if Satan's not making you a bad person, then he's probably making you a busy person. And I know that's a, a lot of times in my life. I don't feel like I'm doing anything bad, but I get caught up and I get too busy. And that can be just as bad sometimes, taking your heart and mind away from where it should be. But more importantly, he can do the same for a church. We've got a lot of work that we're doing now, great work that's happening you see around us. We just need to be careful. 
So we must be on our guard and evaluate with God's guidance our efforts going forward. Charles Stanley, many of you probably heard of, he's the pastor of the First Baptist uh, Church in Atlanta and founder of In Touch Ministries. He said it best when he said, when we follow God's will, we get the best of God. We often don't go after dreams that we don't require divine intervention. I'm guilty of that. We go after dreams that don't require prayer. I'm guilty again, many, many times. But if we dream and pray for something that is way beyond our ability to accomplish, that honors God. Why? And here's the key again, because there's no way we can take credit for it. Have any of you heard of Mark Batterson or read the book The Circle Maker, All In? He's the lead pastor of National Community Church in Washington, D.C., uh, which is rated one of the most innovative churches in America. But he's written the book The Circle Maker and All In. I highly recommend. I've read those books. But what he mentions is critical. And I quote, one of the greatest risks is failing to circle the promises of God because we forfeit the miracles God wants to perform. Let me read that again. One of the greatest risks is failing to circle the promises of God because we forfeit the miracles God wants to perform. Remember a few of those scriptures earlier? Ask, and I will. Seek, and I will do this. Call, and I will. Those are promises of God. They're right, they're right here in the Word. As I close, I want to leave you with this as we plan, pray, and worship in 2016. One of our goals is to dramatically grow the church. Big goal for us. I want you to think about something. In Matthew 15, Jesus fed 4,000 people. He started with seven loaves of bread and just a few small fish. That's all they had. They were all in with that. He performed a divine intervention and provided a multiplication that no human could have ever done. You think he could do the same type of multiplication for us so that we may glorify him? Amen. You bet he can. For 2016, our goals involve growth, renovation, finances, ministries. How do we give God the chance so that he can be glorified in making those plans succeed? First, by getting out of the way, by getting ourselves out of the way, by letting God in. Surrender. How? We ask. We seek. Recall, relying on those promises of God. But we do that actively, verbally, and more important, outwardly, as Jesus calls us to do. So let me ask you, go back to that thought of being a child again, where as a child, we had childlike faith. 
when nothing was impossible. But as a child, we were dependent on another. Our parents, our father. This is we're dependent on our Heavenly Father today. We had to outwardly, as a child, ask, seek, and call out. This is the ask us to do today in, in his word. So I would like to close this in prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, I pray that only your words and your message was heard this morning and that those words are planted in the hearts of those here. And I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, and I praise you in your name. Amen.